Hey friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, speaker, and Forbes blogger, and I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we realize that we're living life on autopilot, and it's time to wake up and make that U-Turn in your life. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, here to help you grow and upgrade your mindset, whether it's in work or love. Also, be sure to stick around for the end of every episode where I'm going to reflect on the conversation and offer actionable coaching insights to have a real impact on your life. In the meantime, we've opened up access to three free e-courses on uturnpodcast.com. So head on over there if you want to land a new job you love, find your purpose, or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you got to do is head on over to uturnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest. You don't really realize how much your body does for you until something is off. And then it's in that moment that you start to notice, wow, there is a level of perfection and excellence and mastery that my body has to have to function at every single cellular level. And for me, having come back from Bali and hurting my eye, and God knows you were, you know, not spared Mm -hmm. text messages about that for me, (laughs) you know, it's like... I I really started to question, and I know that it feels kind of dark, but I really started to question my own will to live because I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, I don't know what kind of will I would have to live if I lost one of my senses. And it gave me a level of admiration for people who do have a will to live when they, they lose something fundamental to their body and their being. Hey friends, it's Ash here, and I have quite the treat for you. As you are probably starting to notice this trend, I have some pretty magical friends, and doctor of physical therapy, Jen Esquerre, is no surprise that she is here. She's, as I said, a doctor of physical therapy, creator of the mobility method, and also um, the optimal body. And you can probably find her pretty quickly on Instagram at docgenfit. Uh, as so many people are following her movement, learning how to reconnect to their bodies. And that is why I wanted to have her here to jam with me on how to connect to your body. So we're going to unpack four steps, talk about her movement, and also talk about what made her such a badass business, babe, because she's making such an impact. Um, Jen, hi. Thanks for being here with me. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I feel kind of slap happy because I haven't finished my coffee yet and I'm one of those people. So it's like, <laughs> it's a little risky that we're doing this. <laughs> Thank God we're friends. This is a judgment-free zone until everybody else yeah. listens to this. <laughs> I get it. I'm kind of running on not as much sleep right now. So, oh, my God. You okay. know, this is going to be an adventure for both of us. So now we can see what message is coming from your body about the sleep, what message is coming from <laughs> my body. Maybe our body could talk. <laughs> um, okay, so this is really fun because whenever I have friends on the show, I find out all the things that I would never sit down over a margarita with you and ask. So... I'm so curious to hear, like, what got you started? Because now on the gram, you're crushing it. And God knows, you know, whenever you're promoting, like, a toothbrush or a scale, I'm buying it. I'm swiping. It's me. I'm swiping up and buying all of the things (laughs) that you believe in and that support you with your relationship to your body, the products you sell. So I'm kind of curious to kind of get to the beginning of when you even thought about getting started on social media and really monetizing this gift and why. Oh boy. Um, that really happened by accident for me. (laughs) I had zero intention of building a social media, um, of that becoming a thing. I also, you know, was super shy. I grew up as a shy shy child. Like I hid behind that label for a really long time. So when my social media started to accidentally build when I was in grad school, uh, from meeting like other fitness people and being posted and all of a sudden just naturally starting to grow, it was a scary thing for me at first. And I was like, okay, let me just show handstands and don't look at who I am or what I really know. (laughs) And it wasn't until I graduated and I felt like I wanted to give more than just what I could do with my body and, and allow people to see that I had some education, I can teach some stuff and I can help. 
And so once I started educating, that's when everything really started to take off. And I just really leaned into like, oh, people are liking this. I'm going to continue to post more. And oh, people really like these types of videos. I'm going to continue to do more of that. And I just was really in a space of listening to the audience and providing value because I was a new physical therapist. I was in the real world just committed to being a really good physical therapist and learning as much as I could and treating in in the clinic and getting mentorship and everything. So I wasn't focused on what this Instagram thing was going to be mm-hmm. until probably like a year and a half out of the clinic. And, and I was like, algorithms were changing and I wanted to provide something that I felt like could actually provide value beyond a one minute video on Instagram. Mm. And that's when I was like, I'm going to launch. <laughs> wow. 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 So, I mean, there's so many physical therapists, there's so many different medical professionals out there that when they think about starting a movement, it really, you know, warms their heart. Like it matters so much to them and to the people that they can help. And so I'm curious, you said listening to your audience what was there a moment where you started to put content out there and you were super moved or really started to notice like, oh, wow, this is what moves the needle. This is what connects to people. This is how I'm going to be able to grow a business. Yeah. I mean, again, at first it was so not about a business idea. It was just like, what do people, what do people like and how can I provide value? And because I had zero idea I was going to create online courses, create a business. I used to always say, even in physical therapy school, like business, that's over my head. I'm going to work for someone. (laughs) That was just like always my mindset. And, and I would have clients even, uh, while I was like teaching Pilates be like, I see you on a billboard and on, on a book cover. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So people around you had a bigger vision than you did for you. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. I know. That's so interesting. And, you know, this uh, conversation, it's good that you're my friend because this one, like me and my body, I feel like um, I identify very strongly in having a fun love life or whether I'm dating somebody or not. And God knows, you know, a little too much about that. But like, I also identify (laughs) with feeling really strong in my career. And I think my relationship with my body is where there's been the most work. And it was so funny going to um, Bali and writing my book with Sam Skelly, who those of you who haven't watched that episode about emotional eating, I mean, she couldn't even stop me. So I'm curious, just learning from you, how do we even realize that we need to connect to our body? Because like, what are the signs? Because a lot of people were on autopilot and, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody realizes that we're not really questioning how things are, where they're going until something breaks down. So I'm curious preemptively before we have issues with our body or serious pain that is beyond the point of no return, like what do we do? You know, for me, I think it's always about expanding your awareness outside of yourself because until we have appreciation for the fact that we have a capable, adaptable body that is able to change and grow and get even better, you know, where other people don't have that. Hmm. Um, and until you have that, that wider scope, that appreciation, that awareness, you are going to move through your day to day without any, any thought because your body's working for you 24 seven. And imagine this thing that's working for you all the time. And you're taking no notice of, or like more so obsessed with what's happening on Instagram and social media rather than what's happening in our, in our own bodies. That is actually our gift in moving us forward in this life, our Mm. gift in listening to a podcast and growing and learning and moving into your body and doing other things. But until we have a wider scope and an appreciation we don't, we don't see it until something's, like you said, until something's injured or until you, you throw out your back and you're like, oh my God, or until it could be as, as simple and as small as like injuring a finger and you're like, oh my God, I used this finger for so much that you didn't even realize. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> and so, I mean, your first step is listen. Mm-hmm. So anybody who is tuning in right now and they want to connect to their body and prevent themselves from unnecessary pain down the road how do we start listening? And have you always been listening to your body or was there a moment that made you think, oh, I got to listen? You know, I think for me, the, the thing that made me most appreciative and to start to come back to the listening portion, um, 
Because I would say that I listen from a very superficial standpoint of like, at first it was just gymnastics and whatever I could do to make my body look perfect for the judges, for the routine, for everything else. And then once I quit, it was about, okay, now how do I look good? How do I, you know, and it was all about this superficial thing for movement rather than really the inner aspect of it. And it wasn't until I was in physical therapy school that there were some uh, clients that we would get into the classroom to like learn from and, and work with. And one that's going to have like a permanent impact on my life that I just so appreciate. He was a, a gentleman with cerebral palsy and he had a lot of contractures and he was in a wheelchair. And I mean, even the motor control around his, his mouth didn't work very well. So you couldn't understand him, but he was very intelligent. And he showed us how he got down on his, from his wheelchair, put on his shoes and shirt, and how he would pull himself back up to the wheelchair. And that whole process takes a really long time. And you're just like watching him wanting to help, but he has, he wants zero help because he does it every day by himself. Hmm. And this man lives by himself. So that means he's making his bed every day. He's showering, he's cooking. He figures out how to get rides. Uh, when he got too big to pull himself back into his wheelchair, he started swimming with his therapist. Mm. And he does, and he's literally using his full capacity within what his body allows him to be able to live, to do these simple tasks that we take for granted on a daily basis. Mm. And another woman, she has junior rheumatoid arthritis. And at 25, she'd already had six surgeries on her joints. Wow. And she could barely open her legs. She could barely bend her arms. And yet she's doing yoga every day. She's running. She goes on daily walks with her dog. And she told us this funny story, which I think you'd appreciate. <laughs> she was at a gynecologist and it happened to be a sub gynecologist than her regular. And he was like, all right, put your feet in the stirrups. And she was like, oh, I can't do that. And he was like backed up and he was like, well, what are we going to do? And she was like, I don't know. My boyfriend figures it out. Wow. <laughs> Which was amazing. Um, <laughs> but it just like it solidifies the appreciation that they don't see their bodies of what they don't have. They see what they do have and they move into that on a daily basis and to take appreciation. Wow. And what I see most of us and what I was is what we are focused on what we don't have. Well, I, I don't have this body. I don't have this. I, you know, and, and live into that and then just stop moving as much because we're not appreciating what we do have. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful to just listen to you talk about this because you know, you don't really realize how much your body does for you until something is off. And then it's in that moment that you start to notice, wow, there is a level of perfection and excellence and mastery that my body has to have to function on mm -hmm. every single cellular level. And for me, having come back from Bali and hurting my eye and God knows you were, you know, not spared mm -hmm. text messages about that for me, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I really started to question and I know that it feels kind of dark, but I really started to question my own will to live because I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, I don't know what kind of will I would have to live if I lost one of my senses. And it gave me a level of um, admiration for people who do have a will to live when they, they lose something fundamental to their body and their being. Because honestly, it was like losing one of my fundamental senses, not being able to see. Um, it felt like I knew what life tasted like. And I didn't want the other version I was getting, you know, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it started to feel kind of like, oh, wow, I'm so glad that I'm about to get better. But who would I be if I wasn't about to get better? Because life, something about life feels a little bit pointless in my head, um, even though there is so much to it. And so I, I'm curious, just kind of like, how do you manage the emotionality of working with people or being around people who are going through so much pain? Because I think a lot of people are in pain at any given time and a lot of people listening right now, we're not exposed to them. We're very much in our own lives. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm curious, how do you emotionally manage that? You know, for me, it's leading through uh, permission and I allow people to come in, hear their story, their full story of what's happening because pain is not just pain. It's connected to a very much our emotional aspect. And even sometimes when we get 
injuries or surgeries on a certain area, our brain creates what's called neurotags. And it kind of tags that area and it protects it in a sense of like, if you were to not pay attention, it would feel unstable. And that's not necessarily a strength aspect. That's like your brain not feeling connected to that area yet. And those, those get created within, within our bodies, within our brain. And so pain isn't just a physical standpoint. It is highly connected to our emotions and what's happening within our lives. And so for me, allowing people to have compassion for that, is the first step. Hmm. And, and I do that by having compassion for them and their story. I'm not going to write anyone off. I'm not going to say you don't have pain. I'm not going to say it's not as bad as, <laughs> as you think, but I'm going to say it's okay to feel this because here's the thing. Pain is beautiful. And I don't think people take appreciation into that enough of like, if you don't feel pain, that's when it becomes problematic mm. because if you're not feeling it, then you're missing a huge warning system within your body, a huge signal. And you're going to not know if you step on something sharp, if you hit something, if your body is, is bleeding inside or whatever is happening, like you, you're missing these signals if you don't feel pain. So pain is actually a beautiful thing and we get to rewire the way that we think about it. Mm. And we need it. It's necessary. So when we start to look at it that way, it's just a warning system. It's not bad. It's not saying that you're broken. And that's a lot of the rewiring that I'm doing with people too. Like my back is exploding. Something's grinding. And it's like, no, nothing's grinding. Nothing is exploding. <laughs> it's just some, something is signaling to your brain that, that something is happening. Now, the other thing to point out is that that pain point doesn't necessarily mean that that is where the problem is. And that's where we like to go. And it's, it's normal. It's natural. It's the same way as like you hit your elbow on something and you grab your elbow right away. Well, that touch, that feedback actually is a, is like an analgesic effect. It tells the brain to, to calm down for a moment. And even that touch, even though it's not doing anything necessarily, it's not going to necessarily make the ringing go away or the bruise or the bump or whatever you just got, but it does tell the brain for that moment to feel better. Mm. And so that's why it's normal for us to be like, oh, my back hurts. What do I do only for my back? Because we want to touch and we want to facilitate that area. But the reality is that it's typically that is the symptom, but the cause happened somewhere outside of that, mm. that pinpoint. Mm. Okay. And, and that's what I like to continue to drop people back into. Mm. And, you know, I'm just listening to you thinking about, um, how so much pain comes back to a lack of self-love because when you look at it, it's like, okay, so in my case, um, I was at the mas uh, masseuse yesterday and I've been having like some tennis elbow and I don't play tennis, so it's literally iPhone elbow. <laughs> and <laughs> and he said, you know, you really got to keep coming and it, it hurt a little bit in my wrist. And he said, make sure you keep coming because in like 10 years, this is going to be carpal tunnel if you don't keep getting it worked. And I thought, wow, why am I on my phone so much? Like, why don't I, I mean, I get that it can be fun to be on your phone and there's no problem to some extent, but there's a certain point where it's like, if I'm getting iPhone elbow carpal tunnel, um, like, why don't I love my, see, this is an opportunity to love myself and step a little bit away from the phone. And <laughs> it's like, what am I looking for in my phone that I can't get from the daily life around me? Why am I not, you know, so it's like, I've been asking these questions. So I'm curious, like, what thoughts do you have on people's pain in their body and their relationship to loving themselves? It's huge because I don't think there's, there's a moment of acceptance and compassion until you feel that love for yourself. Like, why are you going to say that I'm worth listening to? I'm worth understanding that this is okay. I'm worth all these things unless you love yourself. Yeah. And so it comes back to that appreciation of you first in order to say, I'm worth doing these exercises. I'm worth paying to go get a consult. I'm worth getting a program that is probably going to help me. I'm worth diving in and learning about my body more so that I know what I need to do for me. Mm. <clears throat> and that's where it's like that 
taking care of yourself is self-love. And it doesn't mean that you're just going to go get a manicure, mani and pedi, but it actually means just increasing your awareness so that you start to say these little aches and pains, they can turn into big pain or injury down the road. So why don't I just start increasing my awareness to see what could be restricting within my body or not strong within my body so that I learn what I need to do in order to combat that. Mm, I love this. And for anybody listening right now who they're feeling some aches and pains, what's the starting point? Because you, your first step is listen. So let's mm-hmm. say we're listening to me. My elbow hurts a little, you know, I got mm-hmm. whatever, a backache. Um, or for example, I wake up every morning, my, I'm clenching my teeth, you know, so I have to go to the dentist because mm-hmm. I'm cracking my teeth. So oh, man. yeah. And I know actually a couple of our girlfriends, Jen, who it's the same thing. So I'm curious like, how does somebody start? Because it took me a minute to even realize I was clenching my teeth. Yeah. So the the first step is like, okay, there's some kind of stress happening within the body. If it feels like it needs to go into this spasming type mode. And that's a lot of like back spasms, teeth clenching, um, pain, even with sex. Uh, that happens a lot. Um different areas within the body that feel like that needs to protect itself. That's your body saying, I don't feel safe and I need to be on guard. So say it could be the same thing with being the person who's like, I can never touch my toes because when you bend down and go forward, your body's like, no, 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 we're not used to going there. So it pulls you and it restricts your hamstring lane. A lot of that isn't necessarily mechanical, but if we can tap back into our nervous system and get our nervous system to feel safe and comfortable again, it can relieve a lot of these initial type symptoms and even these chronic type symptoms. Like I've had, so I'm going to bring us into breath work because I've done it with, with clients on the table, very basic, very easy. I'm not saying that you, you go into an hour class, which is also wonderful, but if you just start to understand the basics within the body, I've had people who had back pain for five years, all of a sudden start crying on the table because their back pain went away. Wow. And I guarantee it wasn't anything that I was doing mechanically touching them. It was everything that they were doing, tapping back into their system. Mm, well, that's like that quote, when the student <clears throat> is ready, the teacher appears. So it's like... And that's the thing with coaching, you know, it's like whenever I've helped anybody release anything in their life, it's like, well, you were ready to release it before you came to me. So um, that's a beautiful thing to to watch. And when somebody's listening to their body right now, is there like an exercise you offer or can suggest mm-hmm. to them to kind of take note of what they're noticing or a way for them to get more connected? Totally. So the first thing that I like to do is take people into the breath and it's easy to start this just like lying down on your back. You can, you can do it sitting. I encourage you to start to do it in more places like at your desk, in your car, different places, but even just starting by laying down on, um, on your bed. So at least five to 10 minutes before you go to bed every night, especially if you're having trouble kind of getting, falling asleep. I know that's a very common problem. And this actually, I've had clients as well tell me like they've gotten the best sleep because all of a sudden they're knocking out no problem based on just breathing. So get really comfortable, put some like pillows underneath your knees if you need to. Um, and then you just, my suggestion to start would be one hand around the chest and one hand on the belly and just start nice and slow by taking a breath in through the nose for about four seconds. And then you're going to hold it at the top for about two seconds and then breathe out through your mouth. Like you're just trying to um, like so softly that you're barely fluttering the wings of a butterfly and you breathe out for nice and slow like that for about eight seconds. Um, and then you hold it for again for about two seconds and then you go back in. So in for four second count, hold for two out for eight seconds and then hold for two. And you do this kind of box breathing. And when we're getting you to, to get a longer exhale, we're getting you to tap into what's called the parasympathetic system, which is your, your rest, reset, digest, all these, 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 uh, systems in our body that we need to relax. And what that also does is it takes us out of that stressful state and it's in that stress state where it, it like, think about it like someone scares you and you take a deep breath and everything gets really tight and you breathe into your chest. Well, you took a really quick breath in through your mouth and you kind of heighten that, that intensity in the inhale and you put all the tension in your chest, 
typically everything gets really tight and constricted. So think of your body being tight and constricted like that on a daily basis, which is normally where we live. We have so much to get to meetings, work, like everything, kids, you know, it's traffic. (laughs) We're constantly kind of in that higher stress state Mm. on a day to day. I would say majority of people, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're up to more things and you're having to like manage people, manage things. It's just, it's a lot, right? So we're constantly into that higher state of being. Well, what also happens when we're in that kind of sympathetic response, we're also like a lot more cortisol is releasing through our body and cortisol heightens that sensitivity to pain. And so our nerves are just a lot more heightened. So back, chronic back pain, uh, chronic neck pain, headaches, migraines, upper trap pain where you feel like you just need a massage all the time. A lot of that is due to staying in that sympathetic state. And you can easily start to turn it off by tapping into this parasympathetic and getting back into the breath. So doing that box breathing, I highly recommend. Another way you can hold your hands is taking them around the low rib cage and kind of squeezing the low rib cage and feeling that expand out to the sides as well. Because when we're trying to get into the diaphragm, it's not just a up and down breath. It's a 360 pattern. So you shouldn't be raising your shoulders. I hate when people are like, take a deep breath in and it's a huge inhale and the shoulders rise up to the ears. It's like, well, actually that's not really very (laughs) effective for your body. (laughs) Um, but really what would be like a, a, a better thing for your body is taking a slow inhale, expanding from that rib cage front, back and sides, and then taking a nice slow exhale. And then once you start to get that pattern in through the nose, out through the mouth, nice and slow, I would suggest just breathing in and out through the nose as much as you can throughout the day. Um, that's also going to kick on like nitric oxide, which causes a a vasodilation within our blood vessels, which just means that we're going to increase the rate at which we can get blood flow through our body, even into our brains, which we all need to think and process all day long, get a lot more oxygen moving throughout our body. And again, our brain (laughs) so that we're not in like a cloud and, and fog throughout the day. And so getting more into nasal type breathing and, and just doing that box breathing throughout the day to calm you at work and traffic with kids before you go to bed, like all these different areas and starting to retrain your system and in, in being able to tap into that parasympathetic on a quicker basis and, and to endure that a lot more. I guarantee you it's going to take down your pain sy- symptoms like either right away or like it's going to decrease the sensitivity that you're having. You know, I there was a, a long period of time where I wasn't connected enough to my body and I'm still working on it. And I didn't realize that I couldn't breathe out of my nose. Like mm-hmm. I always had anxiety, you know, back in like 2008 and now I don't really have so much of that. And the, eventually, like maybe six years later, I got a food allergy test and the ENT was like, FYI, your nose is about 95% obstructed. And I was like, oh, wow. And he's like, yeah, so maybe you have anxiety and that's what impacts your breathing. But, you know, it's pretty anxiety inducing to not be able to breathe. And I was like, yeah. And so it was kind of like this weird chicken or the egg complex. And Mm -hmm. it was this interesting experience for me to realize like, wow, I haven't been able to breathe for years. And how, how does it happen where I don't notice that? So for anybody who is kind of like, listening right now and doing the breath work. I know that the third step you had mentioned before we started recording was self-diagnosing. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, like for somebody like me, I'm kind of like, I'm not necessarily embarrassed to share it. It's more just like surprised at myself, I guess. Like, Mm -hmm. how did I not know I couldn't breathe for like six years? And, you know, and I didn't realize it was my diet. And now realizing that it's my diet, it's been such Mm -hmm. a mind-blowing experience because I'm like, oh, wow, okay, if this is my diet, then I can eat differently and now I can sleep differently because I can breathe out of my nose as I'm going to bed. Mm -hmm. So kind of a crazy deal. So I'm curious to kind of hear for anybody else who's kind of curious here, like, you know, what you don't know what you don't know. You don't see what you don't want to see. So how do we kind of transcend that? Or what are some things that people can do or maybe write down after they listen to this episode to start to maybe notice things that they don't have on their radar. Totally. So that's the 
the thing that I would also say to you is to have compassion for that. Cause like you said, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful thing that you went and got checked because then you get to increase your awareness. And that's really what it's all about. It's just, how do I increase my awareness of what I don't know about yeah. my body so that I can start to step into these things. And an easy way to, for people to start to look at the body in general, the places that we typically have pain are the places that, so places we typically have pain is going to be the neck, the low back, the knees, and the feet. Now, if we go to the joints that are above and below that, which is every other area, so from the neck, it goes the low back or the, the shoulders and the upper back, so that should be more mobile. And then skipping the low back, going to the hips, that should be more mobile. Skipping the knees, going to the ankles. That should be more mobile. Skipping the foot, going to the big toes. That should be more mobile. So if we look at the body in that sense, every other area of pain should be an area that you have mobility. Mm. And if you're tight and you're restricted in those areas, don't you think it's going to have an effect on the area above or below that? So interesting. Hey, U-Turners. So sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Job Offer Academy, our e-course to help you land a new job you love. So if you're sick of applying for jobs and never hearing back, and you'd like to try a free version of our job hunting course, just head on over to U-TurnPodcast.com slash job offer. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash job offer. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Okay, so uh, talking about exercise, like, you know me and my snacks against Jen. Like, how do we get the exercise repellent? Like, when I think about yoga, I, I, it's like kind of making me cringe to say it, but I kind of think, oh my God, I hate the part where they say, reach for your toes and people are grabbing onto their toes. Mm-hmm. And it like hurts to grab my toes. Like, I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. this feels uncomfortable. So, Where's that line between this isn't the exercise for me, my body doesn't feel good doing it, and this is for me because my body doesn't feel good doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is a very fine line, right? So I think you just get to observe what kind of pain you're having because a lot of times, especially in yoga, you can push it way too far because you get into that comparison mode of like, well, they're grabbing their toes. So let me yank on my legs until I can find out what that feels like. Um, so I think it's moving into it again, having compassion, not compare. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and just saying, okay, this is where my body's at. So you move into a position and you see what that feels like. If it feels like, like, like a bony stop or a pinch, um, or you get like a nerve sensation where you move your, your head and all of a sudden you feel it down to your fingers or something that would be a pain signal. I would say you need to be aware of in terms of backing off, mm. but if it feels like more of a little bit of a deeper stretch, a soreness, um, a little bit of like. I don't want to say a burn because that could also be a nervy, but just like a, a deep stretch that is okay. (laughs) Um, even for say you do a workout and you're feeling like, and you're doing some weights or some lifting and your, your muscles start to fatigue common and normal. If you have extreme soreness when you haven't done something in a really long time for a day or two after, super normal. You're not broken. So I think it's getting used to these signals as well that like, it's okay to feel sensations within the body and that's normal. You're going to feel it, especially when you're moving outside of your comfort zone. Mm. But the the point is that you want to listen to that. So if you're already starting to feel a deep stretch, don't push it more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Breathe into that and go back into that breath work that I talked about where you can tap into the, getting that diaphragm and that rib cage to expand and, and slowing down the breath a little bit because that's going to make that sensation feel better. Mm. So instead of getting tighter and restricted, breathe into it. Even weightlifting, like you don't, you don't own a position until you can breathe in it. Mm-hmm. So it's not about like muscling it through. It's not about like, let me hold my breath and try to grab onto my toe. 
Because if you can't breathe naturally in it, you don't own that position and you probably shouldn't be doing it yet. <laughs> yeah, don't, girl, get up and stop trying to stretch. <laughs> so too I much attitude it. for that one. I love it when you kind of get hood a little bit, Jen. It's such a treat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And so somebody like me, I find that yoga, I, I mean, every I know a lot of U-turners are personal development oriented. So you guys are probably listening being like, really, Ash? But I just feel, I kind of look like a criminal in a yoga class. Like my eyes are dodging around, which is probably all the more reason I should be there. I'm super bored. You know, I I don't use that word very often. I'm very rarely what I say bored. Um, But I just, it's like, it doesn't, I don't want to do it. And so I'm curious, like what suggestions do you have for the high energy person who wants to start working out and they just haven't found their thing yet? Yeah, I I would definitely say if you're not connecting to something, don't keep going. Don't force yourself just because everyone else is doing it. Everyone, my nickname when I was like first on on social media because I am upside down often was like, oh, this is Jen the yogi. And I'm like, where on my profile does it say that I'm a yogi? (laughs) (laughs) But I guess just because I was upside down, I get automatic uh, permission into calling me that. But that's um, so interesting. So I, I actually don't even do down yoga Jen. much myself. <laughs> okay. Tell me more. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I think that it's not, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just what you connect with. Right. And so for people who don't connect with yoga, okay, can you find some movement type exercise or a group that you like to work out with or whatever that may be? It could be anything and explore different things. And I love working out with other people because it does bring in that point of accountability. So even if that's with a personal trainer or a group setting, like find what works for you. Um, and then the other thing is then, okay, after you do a little self-assessment, so based on these areas that I named that are usually in pain and based on the other areas that should be more mobile, you find your areas that are not so mobile, not moving well, either in the upper back, the hips, the ankles, the big toe. Mm-hmm. And you start working on those. So that could even be you're going to do an like an open book rotation um, for your upper back before you get out of bed in the morning takes two minutes. It could be, you're going to stretch your hips when you, every time you get out of your, your chair at your desk takes two minutes. That could be, you're going to do, um, some ground stretches before you go into whatever workout you found again, takes two minutes. Like all of a sudden, if we can start to build these up just throughout our day and create like your little moments of brushing your teeth, (laughs) but for your body on a daily practice, then it doesn't have to be an hour class of yoga. And it gets to be specific to what your body needs rather than what someone else is telling you you need. Mm, So good. Okay. And do you have any kind of like favorite exercise-y kind of things that are really out right now? Like what's the cool Pilates class? Like what should people (laughs) look into? Like I'm trying to be cool over here, Jen. (laughs) Come on, help your sister out. I really think it gets to be whatever resonates with you. For me personally, I love HIIT workouts because it's something, first of all, I could do anywhere. Like I have a pair of weights in my house in case I can't, I can't make it to the gym and I just work out in my house. Um, and I throw on a 20, 30 minute timer and it's, done. And I got, I killed myself in 30 minutes. Like that's amazing. If I could do that (laughs) in a less amount of time, maintain my strength, get cardio at the same time. Boom. Um, so for me, I really like HIIT workouts, Mm -hmm. but I also love dropping into random classes and trying just about anything. Cause I like to see what other people suggest and, and be led by other people too. So Um, and I think the more that you can mix it up, the better. So I do go out and I, and I run from time to time with, with groups or by myself. Um, I will wait, wait train with different people. I will drop into, into a Pilates class. I taught for six years, so I love it. I will pop into yoga classes every once in a while. I will drop into anything. And I think that the key is to just stay moving and variability is also beautiful and it's so needed. So I get that you're going to sit in front of a computer or you're going to hold your phone. Well, that's fine. Like that's what you do to function and in your life and your business and whatever you're doing. So 
the only thing is that you don't have to be holding it in a certain position all day long because that's also not functional or real. But can you move yourself out of those positions more regularly? So if you're going to be in front of your screen and your head starts to drift forward, can you just sit up straighter and pull your neck back a couple times and then go back into work? Mm. Um, If you're going to be holding your phone, can you take moments where you kind of stretch your wrists out and then you go back to it? So it's just changing up your state of being in your body on a more regular basis Mm -hmm. rather than remaining static. And also like a test that I think people can do like really quickly is just, can you get down onto the floor and get back up without using knees or hands or hands on your legs? Wow. For a lot of people, you can't do that, but that's a fundamental like movement that we should be able to do. Wait, walk me through that. So somebody could get down on the floor and get up without like putting their hands on the ground to push themselves up. Yep. Or putting a knee down. Okay. Okay. And so they just kind of like use their core to pull up or just your, the mobility of your ankles and your hips and your knees. Oh my God, Jen. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Processing (laughs) I already said I look like a little roly poly, <laughs> Humpty Dumpty trying to get off a wall. But that's like a good indication of like, listen, we don't get on the floor very much. We we improve things by saying, okay, we're going to create standing desks where you can go from sit to stand. But one of our fundamental movement patterns should be going down onto the floor as well. And if you're not going on the floor, how can you start to add that into your day? Because if you don't do yoga or Pilates. Um, or, you know, other types of workouts where you're going to have to get down on the floor, you're not going to be used to it. So can you fold laundry sitting down on the floor? Can you sit on your couch and actually fold your legs into crisscross position? Like you're sitting on the floor. Can you, so can you do things that put you on the floor more often on a daily basis, especially if you have kids, like take that opportunity, play on the floor with them. Um, that's a really good one, but but if you don't, you got to get creative. And for me personally, like I will, I'll sit at my desk, I'll stand at my desk, I'll lay on the couch, I'll sit on the floor. I'll do like, I move my computer all the places. <laughs> and I get that if you have like multiple screens or big monitors, like going from sit to stand is going to be the only thing you probably can do. Mm. So take moments where you sit on the floor to watch TV, or you're going to be committed to your foam roller on the ground for a little bit or whatever it may be. Like take moments where you have to get down on the floor and get back up. Okay. And so outside of the obvious of like, why should we care about this? Because if we feel better, what are some other benefits of like those little two minute fixes? You know, like mm-hmm. maybe I'm typing for a while and I just kind of like rub my fingers or stretch my, my hand a little or my arm in between for a second. What are some of the longer term benefits of this kind of awareness? Oh man. I mean, <laughs> so much, I would say, especially if like when you're sitting in a static position, I we don't think about how the body is all connected a lot of times and your nerves that run through everywhere within the body actually have, can get inflamed and stiff and immobile as well as your muscle tissue. So when that happens, that is what causes nerve damage and carpal tunnel and all these other things. So if we're not taking the time to fully extend and stretch and move the fluids within our fascial layers, then we're going to have a lot of restrictions and a lot of problems down the road. And so just starting to think about, I have appreciation for my body, the way that it's able to adapt and everything that it's doing for me on a daily basis. And knowing that just the same way as you listen to someone else in conversation and you say, you're worth listening to, you get to say that to your own body as well and say, you're worth listening to. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take the time to move into it on a daily basis because I know that it's only going to benefit me way more down the road. I mean, same with like getting down and getting up off the floor. There's, there was a study down done a while ago and they showed that when someone couldn't get up off the floor, they, there was like a 6.5, they were 6.5 times more likely to die within the next five to six years. So this is literally like your livelihood. This is your longevity for your health. And this is your permission for people around you to start taking care of themselves. This is permission for your children. Like I am so effing fortunate that I grew up with 
a mom who would literally put us in the sandbox while she went and ran laps. <laughs> like she was a little crazy, but she also <laughs> took care of herself first and foremost. And all that provided us was the example that this is a part of life. This isn't a have to, this isn't a, like a bad thing. This is like eating. I move my body because it's a part of life. Mm. And so what if you were able to give that example and be that permission for your children, for your nieces and nephews, for your friends and your family? Yeah. It's like, man, I'm just picturing that roly poly that I referenced myself (laughs) as, you know, like, I don't think I've seen a roly poly since elementary school, but it's like so accurate. And um, kind of like into your final point, you said like, know your, we we kind of talked about knowing your uniqueness after being able to diagnose yourself. So I'm kind of curious, like what your thoughts are on this, um, Mm -hmm. and what it really means for somebody to kind of know where they're unique or different. Yeah, this is so important because I don't believe in the one size fits all programs, uh, for the body. There's just, there's not the one plan for back pain because like I said, is it the joint above? Is it more of an into your upper back? Is it more into your hips? Is it all the way down to your ankles and to your big toe? I don't know unless I know you and I assess you. Is it more of imbalances side to side? Is it more of the fact that you have a lot more stress that you can't breathe into your system very well, that you have a lot, a lot more mindset stuff going on? Is it, how you're holding yourself on a day-to-day basis based on how you're sitting, how you're standing, how you're laying down. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. unless I assess you Mm -hmm. and you don't know unless you assess you. Mm. Well, and so don't set yourself up to fail based on the, the two to three exercises that everyone is doing for their back. You get to be unique because you are. Mm. And the diagnosis of what is happening just confirms your pain and your symptoms. It does not confirm the plan. So good. For everybody that wants to learn from you, where can they find you? Where can they learn from you? How can they grow from you? I post a lot on on Instagram is mostly where you're going to find me um, at DocGenFit. I am moving on to YouTube as well so I can explain things a little further than I can on, on Instagram. So uh, DocGenFit there, Doctrine Fit website, Doctrine Fit Facebook, everywhere. I'm noticing, I'm noticing a trend. (laughs) (laughs) I love that they call you Yoga Jen because I called you Upside Down Jen. Like sometimes. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, Upside Down Jen. Um, Jen, I love you. Thank you so much for making this time and sharing everything with all of us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Woohoo. It's Ash here, and I'm just reflecting on this episode with Jen Asker, my good friend, also known on the internet as at DocGenFit. She's such a magical little creature, and she has so much to offer just helping the world with physical therapy, and I think it's so amazing that she basically accidentally created a half million following on Instagram. You got to love people like that, that they're so in their zone of genius and being who they are, that people just can't help but follow them. I find that really fascinating, like what it is that happens when people get into that zone of really being who they are in the world. And I love her message around listening to your body. And I have so much I could say about it. And all, all of us know with my accidents that I'm no body expert when it comes to physical fitness and health. And God bless some of my girlfriends who get on the phone with me and talk to me about my diet and teach me what to eat. But I am really connected to this idea of not listening to your body and really exploring why does that happen. So I think the first thing I want to leave you with after this conversation now is for you to look in your inbox of your text messages and check in with your body as you read every name in your inbox. When you read the name of your friend that you're texting, do you feel your heart open or do you feel your heart close? And I would just love if you could take a pen and a pad later and look at your text messages and just notice who you're closing with. Like, where is your body contracting? Because one thing that I'm learning is that I don't know if there's such a thing as neutral. I think you're either expanding or contracting at any given moment. And I think that's also the case in a conversation. You're either contributing to the conversation going higher or going lower. I don't really believe in neutrality because your presence alone is not zero. You are energy. And I think that energy contributes to a positive or negative shift. Or, you know, if I really want to get spiritual on you, I could say there's no such thing as negative. It just is. But you know what I mean. 
And so I think given that nothing is totally neutral and all energy actually has its own presence, I would love for you to look at these names and figure out like, where are your, where's your body contracting? Like, where do you feel a tightness in your chest or wherever have, wherever it is? And asking yourself, why do I feel tightness with this person? Because usually when there's tightness, there's a thought you're having that you're believing. So what are you buying into about that person? Or what are you stressed about? Or more importantly, what are you resisting? Are you resisting a conversation with somebody? Are you resisting a request of somebody, like what's going on that is keeping you from really feeling expansion or whatever that is, neutral plus one energy with somebody. And then the next step is figuring out, do you need that person in your life? Or is there just a tiff that you need to have, a conversation you're resisting that you need to have? Or does your body always constrict and contract at the thought of them? And um, maybe it's in your job. Maybe there's a lot of people in your job that you feel contraction with. Is that on you? Do you just feel anxiety with your job? So anybody that is in your job gives you anxiety? Or is that that person? And what does it mean? What is the thought you're having about them? Um, really powerful questions for you to start paying attention to who you have in your life and what your energy is and what your body is telling you. Because Jen is so right. Your body is worth listening to. And um, if you head on over to ashleystahl.com, my personal website, A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com, you'll be able to see I have a bookstore and in the bookstore is a book called Inner Bonding by Margaret Paul. I highly recommend that book. Just check it out over there. There's little descriptions and all the things. And I'm so grateful you're listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.